Welcome, everybody, to your all-time, undisputed, inarguable, your favorite podcast in the world. And as some have said, which I agree with, the most useful podcast in the world, Persuasion School. My name is Jake Savage. If this is your first time here, I'm so grateful, grateful that you have chosen to join us today. You won't regret it, I promise. Hey, you can learn a little bit more about me in the bio of whatever platform that you're listening to this episode on. But a quick snapshot that I say in the beginning each and every time is I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on almost 100,000 doors over the course of several years. Then I helped launch a sales company with some other amazing people. My job there was to build and train a team, a national team of salespeople. I was the president for the last three years. And then in 2021... I launched my own consulting business, something I had been wanting to do for a long time, except I work with nonprofits. So I I leveraged this decade and a half of corporate sales experience to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations. And I primarily, I primarily like to work with anti-trafficking and anti-sex trafficking organizations. So that's kind of what I'm doing for work. And then of course, this podcast, we teach the masses how to get more of the things that they want in life how to be a more effective communicator, how to be more persuasive, how to get more deals, dates, donations, raises, negotiate, be more confident in your everyday conversations, whatever it may be. Anything, really. This is probably the most important skill that any of us can have in life, which is to influence the behavior of other people, influence people to take positive action, to make positive change. This is the place to come and learn. So, On today's episode, we're going to dive into a psychological study that corroborates a previous episode that I published a while back. So we'll get to that in a sec. But quick premise of the show, again, if this is your first time, I will either interview somebody amazing, we learn from them how they influence other people to take action, or I've put something together on my own from my own uh, 15 plus years in sales, or maybe I'll draw something from the world of psychology or neuroscience, something fun about how we can positively influence other people. So that's what we're doing today. Outside of this Thursday episode, excuse me, I'm drinking a Salil, which is the poor man's version of a LaCroix. And it's, uh, it's, it's causing some issues right now for me, but, uh, we're going to push through. We're going to press on. That's what we do here. We'll press on. So outside of this episode, I've got a members-only Q&A episode on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash persuasion school, and it's a subscription. Four bucks a month is what it is, and you can cancel at any point in time. So if you want to spend four bucks and then ask me a question about how one of these principles applies to your specific situation or scenario, and then cancel after I've put all the work and time and love and effort into making an episode just for you, you can do that. If you want, you can sign up and then cancel, but it's four bucks a month. That's the subscription. You can ask questions. I answer them. I create an episode just with an answer for you. And then all of those episodes are available for people to see. So if you subscribe, you can read the other questions that have been submitted by Patreon members, hear the answers, and hopefully they will be useful to you and make some type of impact in your life. So that's it, man. This and then Patreon. Boom. Let's go ahead and dive into it. So episode 21. We're in like the hundreds now. I think this is 103, I'm pretty sure today. But episode 21 was a popular one. And it was called 
man, I just, did I lose it? I just had it written down. It's, it's how to influence people using the friendship formula. You guys remember that? If you don't remember it, it was pretty cool. It's worth listening to. Um, it was, I don't know if the term was coined by this guy, but there was this ex FBI slash CIA agent whose job was to recruit spies. So he would travel around the world to these foreign places and try to recruit people to be spies for the U.S. government. Pretty interesting job and requires a heavy dosage of persuasion to be able to get somebody to do something like that. But he uses this formula for building rapport with people and then ultimately influencing them. And that's the friendship formula. So here it is, either a recap if you already listened to that episode or if you are if you have not, this is the friendship formula formula. It is proximity times frequency times duration times intensity equals the strength of the friendship or strength of the relationship. One more time, the four variables that go into this equation are frequency, proximity, duration, and intensity. So this guy whose job it was to recruit these spies would try to use an accommodation of those variables, get people to obviously uh, essentially betray their country, maybe, and, and become a spy for the U.S., which sounds wild. But anyway, and he goes into these stories of how he would do it, and he would usually start off with proximity and frequency. And then he would, because you have to build up the duration, right? That's spending more time with somebody and then intensity, like a deep conversation. That's not going to happen right off the bat. But he could uh, he could check the boxes for proximity and frequency if he were to insert himself on the daily route that somebody would take. So let's say he had a, we'll call him a subject. That sounds like a spy word. A subject, a person that he was hoping to convince to become a spy. He would first figure out what this person's daily routine was. They go to the gym, they go to the store, they go whatever, they go home. So if, he, if they did this every single day, he started with just one day a week. He would go, he would be at that store when they arrived and he would be like shopping for some milk or eggs or whatever and try to see if they could, you know, bump shoulders or at least make some sort of eye contact. That was week number one. Then week number two, he would repeat that. He would do the same thing. And then he would start to turn up the frequency a little bit more. And then eventually these people would see this guy on a regular basis and there would start to be almost a head nod. You know, you ever have that where if you go to like the gym all the time or something, library, I don't know if you don't go to the gym, someplace where you go and you see the same people there over and over. And if and eventually it gets to the point where you like give them a wave, you don't even know their name. You don't know anything about them, but you're like nodding your head or waving at them when you see them because you both know you see each other there all the time. I feel like I've had connections before at gyms with people over the course of several years, never knowing their name, but always like the nod and the smile and the, hey, you know, when you see each other. So that's the frequency and the proximity coming into play. All right. And then you add in the other two. And if you're missing one or more, then you can usually turn up the dial on one of those variables to still achieve a stronger relationship, right? So like during COVID, when a lot of us couldn't be together, proximity was out. So in order to maintain strong relationships, you had to turn up the dial on either all three or a combination of one or more. And that's why a lot of us probably experience these droughts in some relationships. I mean, obviously, you're just not with the person. But if you're not going the extra mile to turn the knobs up on those other three variables, then you were probably going to experience that, that drought. So anyways, that's the friendship formula. We talked about how you can utilize that 
in your everyday life to influence other people. So what I wanted to touch on today was something I just read recently. I love diving into the world of psychology and uh, personal update. I, uh, what's it called? Register, apply, applied for grad school this year because it was my first year on my own. You know, I just left this full-time job to start this consulting business. I applied for grad school, got accepted to Arizona State University for their psychology program, Masters of Psychology. Was super excited to start, but then business started to pick up at the same time. So I put it on hold, hopefully starting in 2022. I'm just bringing that up because some of you might have been like, hey, you said you were going to go to grad school and I've not heard one thing about it. Or maybe nobody cared. I don't know. But anyways, hopefully 2022, I will pick back up. I did have to defer. All that to say... I love learning about these uh, different psychological studies, just about how human beings interact. Super fascinating. And you probably think the same if you're a regular listener of the show. So I've got something fun for you today. And it corroborates at least two of the points to the friendship formula. So this is a study that came out of a psychology class, an undergrad psychology class from the University of Pittsburgh not too long ago. Okay, so picture this with me here. You've got this large auditorium style psychology class and the professor towards the end of the semester asked everybody to participate in a survey. And on the survey were pictures of four different women, not named, just woman A, B, C, and D. And below were three questions. How attractive did they find each woman? Did they think they would enjoy spending time with one or more of the women? And would they like to become friends with one or more of the women? So yeah, attractiveness, but everybody in the uh, in the class was required to participate in this survey, male and female. So again, how attractive did they find each woman? Did they think they would enjoy spending time with the, the women? And would they like to become friends with the women, at least one or more of them? So again, Woman A, B, C, and D. Four photos at the top of this survey. One thing to note, there was nothing particularly distinctive about these four women. They were all, you know, nothing like neck tats, face tats, blue hair, whatever. Like pretty standard uh, run-of-the-mill, we'll say, college students. They were the same age as the students in the class. And they could have just easily passed for like the students sitting next to them, right? They kind of looked just like a generic college female, basically. So they were asked to rate these four women based off of the attractiveness and if they would like to be friends with them, essentially. So before I share the results in a little bit more here, I want to say that there was a control group of students that also participated in the study that were not a part of this psychology class, an entirely separate batch of a couple hundred students. When they took the survey, the four women pictured were all rated as relatively equal in terms of attractiveness and how much somebody wanted to be their friend. But everything was equal across the board. Women A, B, C, and D, nobody had a lead over the other. But in this particular psychology class, which was the main group that they were trying to conduct this research on, there was a huge difference in the results. So before I share the results, let me tell you about the, the setup that occurred with these four women. So the four women pictured at the top of the survey were actually included in this like semester-long research study, where a few of them 
were required to show up to this class. They weren't actually students, but they were required to show up to this class as though they were a student and all of them at different amounts of times. So woman A featured at the top of the survey. She never came to class at all. Woman B showed up to class five times during the course of the semester. And when these women would show up, they would walk in through the door a few minutes early and slowly make their way down to the front. So if there were other students there, they would have at least had an opportunity to see these different women come in and sit down at their desks. Maybe they were busy doing something else. They may have never noticed, whatever. But they at least would have had the opportunity to see these quote unquote classmates come in. So they would sit there for the entire lecture, the entire class, and then pack up their books with everybody else when it was time to go. So these women were planted inside of the class for different amounts of times before this survey took place towards the end of the semester. Okay. So woman A never came to class, just sort of a random woman that looked like the other three. Woman B showed up to class five times, like I just said. And then woman C showed up to class 10 times during the semester. And then woman D showed up to class 15 times during the semester. So some more frequent than others, right? Remember the control group of students that were not a part of this classroom rated all four women as equally attractive. And there was an equal amount of wanting to spend time and become friends with them. But inside of this class, where the students had the chance to possibly see these women, the results were completely different. The woman rated as the most attractive. Yes, they were all equal with the control group, but in this, they were skewed. The woman that was rated the most attractive by far was woman D, the woman that had showed up to class 15 times during the semester. Then the next most attractive woman on the survey was woman C, the woman who came the next most amount of times. She had shown up 10 times during the semester. And then obviously there's a correlation here. The third most attractive woman, according to the survey and how people were rated or how they rated them was woman B who showed up five times. And then the least attractive woman rated on the survey, poor gal, was woman A, the one who never showed up to class. So what is the point of the study? The women that were in the class more often were rated as more attractive. And they also made sure to eliminate biases because they told these women, the three women that did show up to the class, C, B, and D, not to interact with any students. They said, we don't want you building any relationships. Like this just needs to be purely based off of them seeing your face more often than not. So no relationships were built. They didn't become friends with anybody. They just sat there during each lecture, each class, and then went home with everybody else. And that was it. But at the end of the survey, the students that were in the class, after they had taken the survey and rated each woman based off of her attractiveness, they were asked, have you seen any of these women before? And out of the couple hundred kids in the class, almost not a single one of them said yes. They all thought that this was the first time they had ever seen these women in their lives. When in reality, one of them they had seen 15 times, she had showed up, the other one 10, the other one five, and then only one of them they had actually never seen, which was woman A. So the whole point behind this study was to show that we are influenced, our behavior and our choices 
are influenced even when we don't even realize it. So again, these students thought that they were simply rating the level of attractiveness and how much they would like to be friends with a particular woman based off of her photo on the survey. Little did they know they had been influenced over the course of a semester by, maybe subconsciously, by seeing at least one or more of these women a couple different times throughout the course of the semester. So the conclusion to the study was that familiarity leads to liking, whether or not we even realize it, right? Familiarity leads to liking. So the only thing that caused a difference in the rating of the attractiveness was frequency. And of course, proximity, they're in the same room together. But the frequency, when that frequency dial was turned up, the likability dial was also turned up. And this is exactly what that CIA slash FBI agent had been doing in order to recruit spies. He was increasing the likability slowly over time. So anyways, fantastic psychological study to corroborate that. And I just want all of us to be thinking about ways that we can utilize this in our own lives um, with the, the friendship formula altogether, but also now with this study, the proximity and frequency. You know, frock, frock we can see. Oh my God. Frequency, proximity, and duration, and intensity. Those are the four things that you need to build a stronger relationship. So think about that in the context of like your boss asking for a raise or a promotion. Or maybe it's winning a new client or winning a donation from somebody or getting somebody to go on a date with you. you know, we can control some of these factors. We can improve our ability to be liked. It sounds crazy, but a lot of us don't realize that. Some of us do, but I know there are plenty of people who have spoken to these people and, and learn firsthand that they feel as though there's nothing they can do to change who they are. And I'm not saying change who you are. This isn't about not being authentic by any means, but we can simply increase the our, our likability and the amount that we're liked by other people by just considering a couple of these simple variables that don't require us to change who we are. Again, it's not about being inauthentic. It's just maybe changing some of your behavior and some of your habits in order to positively influence the behavior and habits of other people. So food for thought. And if you have a question about how to apply this principle, whether it's the, the frequency and proximity that we talked about today, or it's the friendship formula as a whole, if you have a question about how to apply this directly to your specific situation or scenario, hit me up on Patreon. I think it'd be a blast to answer one of those questions. And I'm sure lots of other people would love to hear as well. Patreon dot com slash persuasion school. There's a link in the show notes of whatever platform that you're listening to this on. You should be able to click on the notes, the, the description of the episode and click the link there and submit that question. All right, that wraps it up for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, in addition to the Patreon thing, wanted to just run you through a couple other things as we close out here today. The first one is coaching. I've been doing this now for over two years, running this podcast, and I've had a handful of different people from various industries and professions reach out to work with me one-on-one or whatever project that it was at the time. So some people were marketers, salespeople, fundraisers, beauty pageant contestants. Um, it's uh, It's been fun just getting to know the listeners of the show. And I appreciate you guys too, by the way, for supporting the show, listening and spreading the word about it. But it's been really fun to work with you guys one-on-one on some of your projects. 
So if you're somebody that's looking for some guidance or support in terms of crafting a compelling message for whatever it is that you're involved in, I would love to help if you'd like that. So you can go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. That's our website. And up at the top, it says work with me and you can figure it out from there. It's pretty straightforward and you can connect with me for coaching and we can uh, work together one-on-one to help you knock your project out of the park. So Patreon, coaching, and then ratings and reviews. I know every podcast host is begging for ratings and reviews. And yeah, definitely boosts my ego when I see a new review come through. Very helpful. But it's also a way for you to help other people get more of what they want. If you're somebody that found this show, you stumbled across it because you were searching for how to negotiate a raise with your boss or just be more influential or whatever the case may be, and it worked for you, you're, you're getting value from the show, you can help other people get the same good thing when you rate or review the show. You don't have to write a novel or even a paragraph. You might be able to just put an emoji. I don't think the podcast algorithm gods care at all. When you rate or review the show, the algorithm will bubble this show up onto the top, making it more visible for other people so that they can learn these awesome principles and get more of the things that they want in their life. So you're helping other people when you rate or review the show. Lastly, but not leastly, I always bring this up. My wife and I, Alexa, We're super passionate about fighting human trafficking, fighting sex trafficking. And if you're somebody that's been wanting to get involved, but you don't know how, or maybe you've just been wanting to support uh, the cause financially, but didn't know who to give to, because there are so many awesome organizations out there that are doing this work, you can donate straight through the website, persuasionschoolpodcast.com, or even buy a t-shirt, 100% of the proceeds go towards fighting the good fight against trafficking. But we've got partners that we work with here in the US and abroad that are focused on methods of prevention or even rescue methods or restoration methods for survivors. So you can make an impact by donating through the website. Or if you just want to chat about fun, creative ways to fight the good fight, I am all for that too. Love meeting people on a similar path. That wraps it up though, guys. Hope you enjoyed every single second of today. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, Friday, weekend, and I will catch you guys next week. Adios.